0: From the first scroll of Moses. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning was the Word. And the earth was void and without form. And the Word was with God. And the darkness covered the face of the deep. And the Word was God then God said let there be light and there was light he was in the beginning also with God the all things were made through him and without him then God said, was not anything made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of men the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it
1: i want you to close your eyes and I want you to imagine the person. I want you to visualize the person that you love most. You doing it? You visualizing the person that you love most. I want you to to feel what what it is that you love about them. Now, I want you to open your eyes and look at me. And I want you to think about how you would explain what you just felt. How would you explain to me or tell me about that person? What words would you use? I mean... You could show me a picture of that person, that would tell me something. But if you really want me to know that person, you're gonna have to figure out a way to paint a word picture that helps me know that person. This is our last sermon in our chosen series. We've been through, this is our ninth episode. There are, I believe, 24 episodes total, so we've done a little less than half of them. But I saved this episode, it's the first episode of the second season. I saved this purposefully for last. We've done episodes before and after it, but I wanted to come back to this episode to close our series The clip that you watched was from the very end. It is the the final scene in this episode of The Chosen. At the very beginning of the episode, we start off with John interviewing different disciples, Mary, Mother of Jesus, Mary Magdalene, for their memories of Jesus. Because he's getting ready to write his book about Jesus, the person he loved most. And he was trying to figure out what words do I use to do something incredibly important. I want you to love Jesus as much as I do. I want you to experience Jesus in the same way I experience Jesus. And so if any of you are authors or have done a lot of writing, one of the things that For me, the hardest thing is the first sentence. It's figuring out where to begin. For me, that's always the most difficult part. And so in this last scene, you see it all come together for John of where he wants to begin. It's a throwback to the book of Genesis, where John deliberately uses the same themes and ideas as the book of Genesis, To introduce Jesus again to a bunch of people, you and me, that he hoped would fall in love with Jesus. Why? Well, because John recognizes that Jesus is everything. And so that's why he begins off in the beginning was the Word. A little earlier, uh, I love it when the uh, writers of the Chosen helpfully help us understand uh, some biblical things by putting the the words into people's mouths, right? And they're like, and then the characters like, I already knew that, and they're like, yeah, but the people watching it didn't, you know? So, so uh, John is um, is in this uh, synagogue with Jesus, and they're they're debating which book of the of the first five. Uh, books of the Bible to use uh, for the reading that Jesus is about to do. And so Jesus asked John what his favorite is. John asked Jesus what his favorite is. And Jesus, um, and what I love, the way that the humor he said, well, I kind of like them all. And, like, and John says, yeah, you would. And so anyway, so, um, and so Jesus is there, and, and, and so John says, well, you know, uh, they, they quote Psalms that by his word the heavens were made. Right? And so, and John helpfully says, you know, the Greeks view word as what gives the world purpose and meaning and form. So when, you, when he says the word, a Greek person would hear that. When a Greek person or somebody with a Greek Hellenistic background would hear Jesus saying, or John saying at the beginning of his book, here's the word. Here's what gives the world form and meaning and purpose. Pretty cool, huh? A Jewish person would have heard something slightly different. A Jewish person picking up John's uh, gospel would have would would have seen it this way: by calling Jesus the Word, John calls to the Jewish people. He calls him the embodiment of all God's revelation in scriptures. So, when when a Jewish person read it, they would have been a part of that Hellenistic society. They would have heard giving the word, uh, giving meaning to the word and form, but they would have also heard it as the Word. In other words, what is God's revelation? in all the scriptures, that Jesus is the embodiment of everything in the Old Testament. Everything's pointing to him. He's the embodiment. So, so in the beginning was the embodiment of everything in the Old Testament. And what gave the world and you and me purpose when you read Genesis, it's really important that we read the very beginning of Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heavens, the earth, and all that. them. And now the earth was formless and void. Another way to translate is to say the world was in chaos. The world was in chaos. And the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And so what we see in this six days of creation, the seventh day of rest, is we see God take chaos and create order and purpose and meaning and form. And in this episode, in this episode, the writers of this are doing what John did in the book of John. And they're wanting to say, is your life in chaos? I know somebody who can create order. I can know somebody who can create meaning. I know somebody who can give you a purpose. John says it this way in the book of John, John 17, verse three. And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one he sent you sent to earth." And this is John quoting Jesus. This is Jesus speaking. You wanna know the way to eternal life? It's Jesus. It's God. It's knowing them. And by this word, the, the word knowing is the most intimate expression of knowing a person. You know, when I talked about the person you love the most, it's that kind of knowing and being known. So, if you're looking for eternal life, you need to look at Jesus. Jesus came in the same way that he came at the beginning and created order out of nothingness and spoke things into existence and brought order out of chaos. The same way Jesus came at that advent where he came to earth, he came to again bring order out of what we had made into chaos. And if you want salvation, you need to know Jesus. And that's why I've saved this one for last, because to me that's what the Chosen series is all about. It's about helping you know Jesus. Not that just watching that alone is enough. You need to get into your word. You need to study the Bible. You need to dig deep. But what I love about The Chosen is it, it inspires you to go back and look and, and understand and dig deeper. This is the way to have eternal life, family, to know God and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. What do you know about God? God. I was born into the Christian faith. My family goes back generations as Christians and as Seventh-day Adventists. And I wanna stand in front of you today and tell you, I do not know Jesus enough. I don't know him enough. And neither do you. And whatever person you think knows Jesus the best, they don't know Jesus enough. You cannot know Jesus enough. You cannot. It is a daily pursuit to know Jesus better. If you got down on your knees every day and said, Jesus, I surrender my life to you and I want to know you better today, you couldn't start your day off better. I want to know you. Can I go ahead and simplify things a little bit? John said that Jesus was the word. Words communicate. He also said that Jesus was the light. Light illuminates. So knowing that we can never know enough, knowing that all throughout eternity, we're going to learn more. What's the core? What's the core to know about Jesus? I suggest to you that 1 John 4, 7 7 through 10 summarizes it pretty well. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God for God is love. If there's one thing for you to know, it is that God is love Words communicate. Jesus came to communicate to us this basic core concept that God loves us. God is for us, not against us. That God has chosen you while you were yet a sinner. For God loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. You see, God loved you before you loved him. His love for you is not dependent on your love for him. His love for you is to inspire you to love him. So if we're going to say what Jesus was trying to communicate, what he was trying to illuminate as the light, what words communicate, and he was trying to communicate to us that God is love, and just read the Gospels for yourself. Don't watch the chosen, just read the Gospels and tell me that Jesus is not love. And if Jesus is love and he was reflecting his father, then God is love. And if God is love, that brings meaning and purpose to life. A lot of us have a hard time believing that. A lot of us really feel like, but I, I mean, but I've gotta bring something to the table. And the, the running theme through this episode is Jesus bringing order out of chaos. Go back and watch it again. If you've watched it before, go watch it again. And what you're gonna see is it's the word transforming and changing people is bringing order out of chaos. And one of the things that I really love about this episode is that they do something sneaky. I love, I love TV shows, movies that have a twist to them. And this episode has a really big twist in it. And it involves a guy that they've called Melik. Melik's not found. Well, he's kind of not found in the Gospels. He's kind of found, in the, but, he's, but his name isn't there. But anyway, we're going to find out about him here in a second. But here's the thing. Jesus has James and John plow Melech's field because Melech is lame and he can't do it. His family is destitute. They're on the edge. They're about to lose everything. And poor Melech, being lame, cannot provide, and he's ashamed of not being able to provide. And Jesus sends James and John, and they plow the Samaritan's field. And when they find out that they plow a the Samaritan's field, they were not pleased. They were like, I thought we were doing something important. But that, Go watch the episode to find out more about that. But the point is, they, Jesus and the disciples show up at Melech's house. And just like a lot of us, when Jesus shows up, we have this to say.
2: Okay, so spit it out. What's the catch? Catch, you don't know me from Adam. You're a Jew. You come all the way from Galilee to preach in town. You send your students to work my land. Fortina told us you were in need. Mm-hmm. She told me all about you. So what do you want from me?
0: I don't have any money. I can't make a donation to your ministry. Can't even feed my family. That's what I want. What? I would love for you to share a meal with me and my friends. Yeah, I'm really so very sorry, but uh, we don't have any food. Not even for ourselves. We've got that covered. Please. We would be honored.
1: What does Jesus want from Melek? What? Remember, you can talk to me. It's okay. I'm going deaf. His, his, oh. Yeah, somebody said it. Jesus wanted a relationship with him. If I say I'd like to go out for lunch with you, do you think that it's because I'm hungry? You could think that, but what if I said I would like to pay to take you out to lunch? It means I'd like to get to know you. I'd like to spend time with you. Food unites people. Food bonds people. I have rarely <laughs> I have rarely been able to share a meal with somebody that that I walked away not liking them a little bit better. I won't say never. <laughs> rarely. Rarely. Usually when I share a meal with somebody, I walk away liking them better, knowing them better. Jesus says, what do I want from you, Malik? I want a relationship with you. I want a friendship. And that's what Jesus is saying to you today. And by the way, if you already know Jesus and you love Jesus, when somebody says, what does Jesus want from you? Please let them know he wants a relationship. And you know how they get that relationship? By having a relationship with you. Having a relationship with you. What does Jesus want? Jesus' first ask wasn't, I need, you know, I, need, <laughs> I need your tithes and your offerings. I need you to go ahead and start keeping the Ten Commandments. Jesus asked, and I know that this is a TV show, but go watch, just read the Gospels and tell me that they're wrong. Jesus' first ask is as always, I want a relationship with you. Before all the other stuff, I want a relationship. I want friendship with you. Well, Jesus sits down for this meal with Melech and he kind of, we well, find out this interesting thing. Now here's what the twist, I'm gonna give it away, sorry. Um, spoiler alert, I don't know where you're gonna run, but whatever, I guess if you get up and go, I'll know what's going on. Um, so Melech in the dinner conversation starts revealing some things about himself. Firstly, he's lame. how'd it happen? I fell off a horse. Jesus, oh, I didn't see a pasture out there. Now, like, yeah, it was a friend's horse. Oh, yeah, Jesus says, uh, friend's horses are especially dangerous. In the Gospels, there's a story called the that we have called in Christianity the, the story of the Good Samaritan, okay? And the story goes like this, that there is a man that's traveling, a Jewish man who's traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. He's ambushed along the road. His, everything he has is stolen. He's beaten to the point where he looks like he's dead. And the, the robbers leave. A priest comes by, walks past him, does nothing to help him. A Levite comes by, sees him, walks past him, does nothing to help him. And then a Samaritan comes by, has compassion on him, which is not a normal thing in that time, in that place, to have compassion um, between those two societies, and, and helps this, this man. Well... So we call it the Good Samaritan. Well, what we found in this story is that the producers and writers have cleverly told us the story of the Bad Samaritan. Because what we've discovered is that Melek says, you see what happened, is Jesus teases this story out, is that he goes, fine, I'm ashamed, I'll tell you what happened. You see, um, I'm poor, I had nothing to feed my family, I was desperate, so I decided with a friend to go rob somebody. So, so we waited by the road, we ambushed this guy, we took his stuff, but he started fighting back. We fought with him. In the struggle, he fell, hit his head on a rock. I think he died. And Jesus says, he didn't die. And Melech says, you can't know that. And Jesus says, he didn't die. The story of the good Samaritan, right? And, but, but there was the bad Samaritan that ambushed him, right? So there you go. So, so Melech, Melek is, is ashamed of who he was. He's ashamed. He's ashamed of who he was, and he doesn't feel that there's any chance that Jesus could really like him, knowing what he had done. Family there's a few of you here today that don't think that Jesus can love you where you're at right now, whatever the reason is. You don't feel like, or maybe you feel like God's forgotten you. That's what Melik had kind of done. He's like, I deserve it. God's forgotten about me. It is what it is. But the reason I want to show the chosen this summer for the last nine weeks and the reason I'm closing on this is because I want you to remember that Jesus brings order out of chaos he doesn't need you to get rid of the chaos because you never will. I wanted you to see the chosen because I wanted you to be reminded that you need to know Jesus and you can never know him enough. And all Jesus wants you from you in return is for you to share him once you get to know him. That's what he wants. He wants to bring order out of the chaos in your life and then you just share what that looks like to the people around you. For me, the most poignant scene in this entire episode is this one right here.
0: What do you want? Believe my words. Return to synagogue, search Torah. I never learned to read and listen to the word read aloud and let it affect your heart. See what happens. Then what? Tell others.
1: That was the second most poignant scene. This is the next one.
0: What do you want? Believe my words.
1: That, let's see if we can do it. Here we go. You know the crime I committed? In
2: cold blood? You'd help someone like me. He would.
0: Take tonight, my friend.
1: There are some of you here today that are desperately in need of that embrace of grace, meaning, love, purpose. You need Jesus' embrace today. Our praise team is going to be closing with, Oh, come to the altar. I want to invite you to stand right now and sing it with them. But in, the, in this song are the words, the Father's arms are open wide. Oh, come to the altar. You know, it used to be this old-timey thing You don't see it in churches as much anymore, but there used to be an altar up front. And people who knew that they were in need of Jesus would come up to that altar. And I remember a little while ago, we did this song. There was no altar call. There was no no come forward. It was just, you know, it's a beautiful song. We're closing off our church service. I remember going and sitting down while the praise team was singing it. And I remember seeing a man come walking forward because he heard Jesus saying, come to the altar. He heard and he wanted to come up. He just needed to do that. If that's you today, you're welcome to do that. And I want to stay right here. And if you need a pat on the shoulder, I'll give it to you. If you need me to say a prayer over you, I'll do that for you. If you need a hug from Jesus, I'll do that for you. But if God is calling you to the altar because you need Jesus to bring order out of the chaos of your life, or you just need to renew your commitment to sharing all the good things that Jesus has done for you, you are welcome to come forward while this song is being sung. So for those who, uh, for those who have come forward, you are welcome to go back, and if you need to find me, I will be right here. I will stay here until I talk to the last person after the church service, all right?
2: And now, Stanley, I think we're going to do some question and answer time. Excellent. Yes. And there, um, it is time for the response. And I just want to say, I I did put a thing in the chat for people. So, um, I just want to say thank you to Joe, Tim, and Jeff uh, for participating as well. I sent them a, the best I could do right now is a digital emoji hug. But um, but I just want to we just want to extend our love to them yes. as well. Um, so uh, now is the time for responses where we ask your questions to Pastor Ken. And um, it is for online people primarily, but you can jump to the chat room as well. I won't know if you're here in person. <laughs> um, so just head over to wholelife.church live and, and jump on that chat room and you can put a question in. Uh, we have one here from Nashville Tim too. I don't know if it's, there's, they're multiplying out there. There's more and more, 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 more Nashville Tims. Huh? More Nashville Tims. But... Um, he asks, how many bad deeds committed does it take to be rejected by Jesus? 490. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Oh, I, I'm no. Not,
1: no. Um, <laughs> how many times, how many, um, Christ's grace is truly limitless. Um, the question, I think, the more important question is, at what point are you gonna be willing to come and take that grace? Mm-hmm. Um, and at what point do you just put so much distance that you're not willing to come back? I think that's the, the important question um, when Jesus was talking about forgiveness he told uh, the disciples that they should forgive 70 times 7 which is
2: where I came up with 490 um, that's the 7 times 70 yeah, seven and, and, or, yeah. but the
1: point that Jesus was making was not to put a, a number on it, the point Jesus was making was simply that we're not we don't need to keep track
2: or God lose doesn't. count yeah, yeah Lose count. Awesome. Um, we have another question here from Jeff. He's asking about what about the 99? And this is kind of in reference to the song and, um, the Bible verse as well. And, um, a lot of times we've heard that parable so many times we don't maybe stop to think about what about those 99 sheep that the shepherd just left? Are they going to get lost? Like how does this make sense is basically what we're asking. Yeah. Yeah,
1: the Bible, in the parable, Jesus says that the uh, that the shepherd leaves the 99 and he goes and finds the one that's lost. And I think that can be a little disconcerting to those of us who uh, are consider ourselves among the 99. <laughs> like, well, wait a minute. Um, I think we shouldn't get too caught up in the metaphor that Jesus is trying to, to create there. I think we should just, Remember that if one of us wandered off when the shepherd wasn't there, which the shepherd is always there for us That the shepherd would come looking for us, too. The point is that, that Jesus values the lost it, it, It's easy to think, well, this, that person's so lost It's not even worth going to find them out in the wilderness. I don't want to lose the other Jesus was willing to go to the ends of the wilderness to find this little lost world and to redeem it, and that's um, that speaks to the love of of our.
2: Of Jesus, I, I kind of imagine that the shepherd in the metaphor comes back and is like counting again. It's like, come on. <laughs> 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 it's like uh, always no. out there searching. Like, but, uh, it's an opportunity for another party. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, nonstop parties or Hey, I need more helpers is maybe uh, keeps the metaphor going, but, um, all right. So I'm being told I'm out of time. So, uh, if you have any other questions, please submit them to podcast at whole Church. And they are, uh, addressed in the podcast called this, his whole life, and it's available everywhere that podcasts are heard, Spotify, iTunes, all of them. Uh, So thank you so much, Pastor Ken. Thank you, Stanley.
1: All right, family. It's been a fun series. Thank you for doing that. We've got a new sermon next week. You may be surprised to hear I'm not the one preaching it since it's uh, red hair and Chrysler's. Um, Pastor Jeff will be speaking next uh, weekend, so I'm really grateful to Jeff for doing that. The uh, weekend after that, we are really excited. We have a phenomenal Pathfinder program in this church. And if you, if you have children who haven't signed up, I don't believe it's too late, right, Tomas? I think we can still do it. And, uh, but I will tell you, we have 135 Pathfinders. 135, yes, yeah. I heard one of the leaders, uh, one of the leaders, have a mild panic attack there. Uh, yeah, 135. Tomas told me today, 135. We would love to, you know, we'd love to get it to 500, right? Tomas, yeah, we're yeah, we'll have to figure that out, but we'll figure it out. So, uh, so Pathfinders are going to be putting on our service in two weeks, and then three weeks from now, I'm going to begin a new series on the seven churches of Revelation. And so I'm looking forward to doing that series with you. It's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. So for some of you, it's going to be fun. Trust me, just trust me. Have I ever led you wrong? Well, don't answer that, but well, well, it's going to be fun. So I'm looking forward to this very much. So next Sabbath, Pastor Jeff, thank you. Red hair in Chrysler's, looking forward to that. Let's bow our heads. Dear Jesus, we thank you for your overwhelming love that brings order out of the chaos of this world in our lives that gives us purpose and meaning and directs us. Help us to share the good thing that we've found with others. We pray in your name. Amen. All right, family. I love you. Go love your world.
0: Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church and our podcasts are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the whole life takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning, we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians all focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church podcast.